Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So I gotta ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things in the community. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and let's just uh, get right into it. So yesterday, I started my day, um, I'm laying down in bed, and uh, I'm cont- it's early, so I'm contemplating getting up, you know, I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed, and I come across a tweet from Jamila Hill, and um, said, I promise you this is the dumbest thing you've heard all day, and it was early, so... It was the dumbest thing I heard all day. Um, and it was a, that was her caption. And it was uh, a Pastor Giglio, Louis Giglio and rapper Lecrae and Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy. Apparently they had a, an honest conversation about race and church on June 14th. And the caption says, here's an example of why words and their meanings matter. White privilege versus white blessings. So I'm like, okay, let me me play this. And so I did. And I immediately jumped up out of bed. Like, what? Are you serious? I, 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 I posted the video. If you haven't. Uh, seen the video on my page you can go there and check it out but i'll play the audio for you now it's interesting because i feel like on the inside of the church we're fighting this historical context you talk about in other words we love the blessing of the cross but we don't we don't love to sit in it mm. and realize this is what god's asking me to do to die to myself and to live for him whatever context that's going to look like for me but I want to flip that upside down because I think the other side of it is true with our nation's history. We miss, we understand the curse that was slavery, uh-huh. white people do. And we say that was bad. But we miss the blessing of slavery that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in yes. and lived in and so a lot of people call this white privilege and when you say those two words it just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege and so i know that you and i both have struggled in these days with hey yeah. if the phrase is the trip up let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart sure let's get down to what then do you want to call it and i think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing that i'm living in the blessing of the curse that happened generationally Mm -hmm. that allowed me to 
grow up in Atlanta. And, you know, you're talking about being 57. If you were 57, I can't imagine being that old, Dan, and being 57. <laughs> but uh, I've said to our church, Lecrae, a few weeks ago, when I was born, the day I was born on Boulevard at Georgia Baptist Hospital in 1958, black people did not have equal rights in this city. Not my grandparents' lifetime or their lifetime in my lifetime this is right now mm-hmm. what we're talking about today and and so as i'm looking at this i'm like Nigga, you are you serious you you're trying to to lob this as you know rebranded white privilege as a blessing and you have this i didn't know he was a rapper grammy award-winning rapper doesn't matter to me I just seen a black man sitting down in a room, socially distancing, okay, with two white men, and you are okay with them saying that, hey, yeah, slavery was, um, it's a blessing, you know? Let's not call it, if you're hung up on privilege, let's, uh, let's call it a blessing. That sounds more appealing, you know, it could make it more platable. I'm like, what? no, it doesn't make it more platable, it makes it worse, <laughs> It makes it worse because now we have, we're having a conversation about racism, and supposedly it's honest. Well, they, they, it was a long talk, so just this snippet is one thing. But we're, if we're talking about racism and then you're talking about your feelings and how, you know, we shouldn't feel bad about the privilege, we should be able to sit in it and be, understand that it's a blessing from slavery and be happy with that and be okay with that. And I'm supposed to be okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I don't care who sits there in agreement or in silence because your silence then gets interpreted as you're co-signing this. You know, shortly thereafter, as with most of these instances, there's the apology tour. So Louis issued an apology. I'll play that apology for you now. I just wanted to come directly to you today and sincerely apologize for the use of the phrase on Sunday, white blessing. And I extend that apology today to every single person who is listening to me right now, but most importantly, I extend that apology to my black brothers and sisters. I, like so many, am so burdened about what is happening in our nation right now. And I'm heartbroken about where we are as a nation. And one of the things that I'm most heartbroken about is trying to help myself continue to learn and to help my white brothers and sisters understand that white privilege is real. And in trying to get that sentiment across on Sunday, I used the phrase white blessing, for which I'm deeply sorry. Horrible choice of words does not reflect my heart at all. I don't, to be clear, believe there's any blessing in slavery. To the contrary, what I'm trying to understand and help people see is that I My white brothers and sisters, we sit in large part where we are today because of the centuries of gross injustice done to our black brothers and sisters. So this is my heart. This is what I want to more fully understand because I believe this will help us stay engaged in this conversation so that we can all move forward together. So thank you for just letting me open my heart to you today. Thank you for letting me apologize directly to you today. And I ask that you would pray for me and possibly even join me as I just desire to continue to learn 
to understand, to stay engaged, and to be a part of all of us moving forward together to the place that God wants us to be. And then, McCree issues an apology. What's up, y'all? All right, so let's talk about it. By now, everybody's seen the video with myself and Lou Giglio, and uh, you wondering what the heck is going on. Well, first of all, let me just say this. Um, thank y'all. Like, sincerely thank y'all for y'all just acknowledging the pain and the frustration that y'all had uh, with everything that you've seen. I know this is a... a it's, it's rough, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about 345 years, 400 years of, of chattel slavery, and then 89 years of Jim Crow, and uh, we're battling still in 2020. And so I appreciate y'all acknowledging the pain and the frustration that you have with what was said. Um, it's helped me process a lot as well. First of all, I want you to know I wasn't okay with it. Um, even as I sat there, I was very uncomfortable, and I was processing on like, man, how do I, what do I say in light of this? Um, it's been a lot of times where um, as I've navigated white supremacy or, or, or racial injustice, where I've just been trying to figure out, um, you know, where I wanted to lash out, honestly, in anger. And there's other moments where I've been like, all right, God, give me the grace and the wisdom on how to deal with this. And um, in that moment, I was processing like, man, how do I, what do I do? Um, I ended up having a conversation with him subsequently, you know, right after we talked. And then I talked to him again last night and um, and, and let him know my, my views and my perspectives. And obviously, I, I wasn't okay with it. And we can't just be virtue signaling and doing this because it's the end thing to do to talk about race on platforms. Um, and I didn't have any ulterior motives other than to, you know, help uh, and, and, and articulate, you know, some of what's going on in our world and in our culture. So uh, I just want to thank y'all, uh, especially my black sisters who have been on the front lines. Um, you know, I know y'all going through a lot this week and I just want to encourage y'all and thank y'all, uh, for everything, uh, that y'all have said. And, um, and thanks for the encouragement. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Obviously I'm not okay with, you know, changing white privilege to white blessing. That's a privilege in and of itself. Um, but you know, man, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we, 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 we talked about it and we're going to continue working through it. So I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And so what gets me within these apologies or whatever is you know he takes to twitter and to just provide context some some of the sisters on twitter were like yo this is this is not cool like how do you sit across from this man and allow this you know to be all right and he defend you know he jumped bad with them and they're like yo wait a second she had that same energy when you were sitting in the room with these two white guys and you not say nothing you know, you were in a white space, and it's cool, and you, I understand, I get it, you know, you you have Christianity, you know, you're in somebody's house, they invited you to be a guest, he caught you off guard, I get all that, you know, they, they invited you there to talk about race, and, you know, you figure, okay, I'm gonna show up, and I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk my talk, you know, and then they hit you with this, <laughs> This comes like out of left field. I get it. But to now be able to be speaking so bold to somebody else, to a, to a female of color, and then feel like this is okay, that's not cool. That's not cool. And people felt like, oh, you know, you know they're trying to cancel him. It's all right. You know, their the comments were encouraging, you know. But it's this, they, they brought him there, you know, to sit down and, to me, it's like being ornamental. Like, if you're not going to say anything, you're not going to, you know, in defense of what they're saying, and, you, and after somebody says something like that, then it's, it gives them the impression like, yo, he's okay with this. You should be okay with this because he's okay with it. And you're speaking now as 
they have it showcased in eyes as if, as if you're speaking for all black people. And clearly is not speaking for for all black people. So that should not even be the the message that's that, that people walk away from this hearing. You know, and as a, as a so you have white evangelicals and you have, you know, blacks both supposed to be Christians. And so they they stay quiet on black lives matter issues. So when I came across a um a message that Chick-fil-A, one of the uh, Chick-fil-A franchises or owners or whatever put out to uh to one of their to their associates like, "Yo, don't be coming up in here with none of that black lives matter stuff, you know? If especially if you in the past have supported Chick-fil-A in your profile, don't we don't want to be associated with that. So it's okay. They you're trying to police like what your associates do. And I get it. A lot of people have policies or whatever, but you specifically are putting this out like, "No, we don't that's not something that we we won't we don't want to be associated with that." This is that one store manager or whatever sent out to his associates. That's like a that's 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 an odd sort of message to put out there. Like you're okay with me promoting you, but I don't want to be cast in a bad light. And that's always what seems to happen. Like, I don't want you casting me as a racist. If you're a racist, you're a racist. Just come out the closet. You know, have the courage to come out of the closet. Don't hide behind religion. Don't hide in the religious closet or, or taking like you're taking this, the, the moral high ground and you're superior to, to the rest of, of, of us and you're going to hell if you don't do this particular thing, you know? And so they, they, they've come out against, they're closed on Sundays. I get it. And the only time I think about going to Chick-fil-A, quite frankly, is on a Sunday. It's not my first choice for destination. It's not. I mean, and I understand the, the that's your corporate structure. You have a right to, to do and support whatever you want to support, but you support a lot of things that's just like, yo, that's kind of that's kind of outlandish, and then speak out against, you're supposed to be for people and Christianity and all that, but then, you know, gays, lesbian, they all going to hell, and then when you get called out on it, then you say, oh, we're going to stop uh, contributing money to this because we don't want to be affiliated with that, and you get the pressure, so now you back down, and it's the same thing now with Black Lives Matter, so you can't sit across the table from folks who don't care anything about you, and are okay with saying it is a privilege and then doing symbolic gestures like the guy comes up, Dan, and, and, and calls himself like cleaning off his sneakers. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Nobody wants you cleaning off their sneakers. That, what is that supposed to be? That's, 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 that's an empty, that's an empty gesture. <laughs> that's not what the movement is about. That's not what this is about. Like clean, nobody wants you to come clean up their sneakers. No, people clean up their own sneakers, they, their own shoes. They don't need you to do that for them. So it's it's this kind of thing. So they put out this this empty apology, and you all don't come to the defense of of black people. You don't speak out against racism. How you not speak out against racism? It's in, it's it's out there. And what happens is that's why I'm grateful for the work that um, Ibram X. Kendi. Um, is doing in his books. If you haven't checked out any of his books, you put it on your list. Should should be a part of like um, your list. Stamp from the beginning. They even did a remix, so you can share it with with your um, 
nieces, nephews, you know, sons, daughters, um, and it, it's it's in a it's in a bite size, but it, it's like it's it's packaged nicely, you know, and man, it, it is something else. So after reading that, and I think what what triggered what was the trigger for um, some of the sisters that he jumped off at because they they seen this it was like yo. This is this is kind of odd, you know. You're, you're sitting out there and you are sitting across from these white men in this white space, and you're okay with them, you know, saying white blessing, and you sit there quietly. And now we're saying to you, hey, listen, that was kind of odd, man. You just kind of basically said gave him the green light to to go for this white blessing, and you're co-signing it. And so he was like, yo, nah, nah, nah. He jumped bad with them. It's like, yo, how you keep that same energy? When you're talking in these white spaces, and I get it, you know, you you you're an artist. You have this image that you have to to present. He hits you on the uh, with with out of nowhere, and you're like, where did this come from? You're the only one there. You know, you have there are a lot of things that you're trying to process. I hear all that, but if that same energy, if you're thinking about all that, and you're thinking about your money, and you're saying, well, he was trying to, you're putting yourself in his position. Saying, hey, well, he was trying to take into consideration and make it more palatable for his followers. So he's thinking about them. He's thinking about them. You're thinking about him. Who's thinking about us? Huh? Who, who's thinking about us in these instances when we're sitting there and you're on, you have a platform, you have a voice, and people are calling for you to use your voice, and then you lash out at them, and then... So they, they're not having this. And, and, and keep in mind, this is on the same day. So when you're thinking about this, this is on the same day where some young men take a sister in D.C. and uh, toss her in the dumpster. Right? Toss her in the dumpster like, like she's trash. Laughing. And, and, and having a good time. Like, yo, this is not cool. Now, if this was some white people who threw a black girl into a dumpster... All hell would have broken loose. Talcum X would have been calling, oh, we need to identify these people. Cancel them. Get them out of here. Right? But in because that they're black and they're tossing this black woman, this young black girl, into a dumpster, they're quiet. Nobody's saying anything. That shit is fucked up. That's not cool. That's not, like, acceptable. There's no excuses for that. So you talk about like accountability and it's not like, oh, we got, I'm not on some accountability. We need to hold them ourselves accountable. We certainly do. I'm not going to that extreme because even in seeing that video, if the cops were to shoot him or those guys that were in the video and they were unarmed, we would still be calling for justice for them. So we should still be able to say, yo, that's, that's not right. That's not how we, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing here in 2020. And you've got on a, 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 a Black Lives Matter shirt, and, like, that's supposed to be okay? And one of the guys issued an apology, whatever, and then comes back and says, yo, I really don't be caring about Black Lives Matter like that. So that's, 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 that's where this, it's like, yo, who's going to stand up for, 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 for black women? Who, if we don't stand up for them? 
and they're constantly standing up for us. So even in this instances, you know, you, you, you talk about the Black Lives Matter movement started by three women, right? And now people are, 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 are trying to, they're upset for whatever reason. And women are like, no, not, yo, yo, this is not, we're, they're not sitting on the sidelines. Not sitting on the sidelines waiting. This, you ain't talking about Booker T. Washington. They're not sitting around waiting. And I said, no, I'm waiting for you to, you know, to, 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 to say, you know, what we should be, what, what are, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. So I came across, you know, like I said, get, get the book. If you haven't checked out Stamp from the beginning, should check it out. Um, well worth the, uh, the listen. Uh, but I'll just read this, this excerpt real quick. Dr. Cartwright most promptly presented the story of the land of Nod. Oh, let me back up. Senator Davis began sharing a popular Southern fairy tale about the black land of Nod. He probably first heard that tale from Dr. Samuel A. Cartwright, Louisiana's famed medical doctor and public intellectual. Dr. Cartwright had forged an intellectual literary career defending slavery with his racist ideas. He was also securing medical work for himself by telling planters that healthy African people labored productively, loved slavery, and never resisted. In a popular 1851 article, Dr. Cartwright diagnosed runaways as clinically insane and sluggish laborers as suffering from a disease he called dysesthesia. Imagine you diagnose an enslaved person as clinically insane for wanting to free themselves from enslavement. <laughs> you gotta love it. So yeah, it was just it's crazy. Sort of, sort of a crazy day. And um, oh man. And then one topped off with it's just you're just just a crazy day and it's just unfortunate. Um, you know, because you, you, you think you would get the support of white evangelicals um, around Black Lives Matter. I think at some point looking for support from from certain groups, or whatever, if they give it, cool. If not, you should know where you stand. You should definitely know where you stand. And I guess if the, the takeaways are some people may call you to be, um, you know, if we can have these private conversations and you want to have a conversation around race, do you really want to have a conversation around race? Or you just want me to be like the token black person because that's the only black person you you, you know and, and, and have me speak as the representative of, of the entire race? Or you just want to have a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. But I'm not going to be part of some dog and pony show. I'm not doing that. You know, and it, and it's a, it could be a learning opportunity. Hopefully, it was a learning opportunity. And it just becomes like it. it when I think about Chrisette Michelle, they dogged her out, dragged her through the mud. You know, she went through all sorts of, of, of changes because she was doing what she felt was right for her to do in that moment. And... They just like, yo, kicked her to the curb. Meanwhile, R. Kelly, for years, people endured his, his abuse because they liked his music. They want to they wanna sing and party. And so he gets a pass until it gets to a critical point. It's like, yo, all right, enough is enough. Come on, man, this is, this is ridiculous. You know, you, you see some sort of like, all right, yo, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? If we like you, then we go, we'll, we'll tolerate your bullshit. If we don't, then mm, let's cancel. This cancel culture is like ridiculous, man. 
You know, and even even as late as today, I mean, we can have conversations with individuals with each other without it being like you you're out, you're canceled. You can have you can critique someone. So J. Cole dropped a song last night. I've been a J. Cole fan for a while. You know? No one is above no one is above reproach. So some people took offense to some of the uh, some of the lyrics, and that's their right. That's what people do. We talk about you. You know, you listen to a record. Oh, that was trash. I don't like it. I like it. Whatever. If you're a fan, you're a fan. If not, excuse. Me, it's all good. So, but if somebody points something out, that doesn't mean that, that they're canceled. That just means like, yo, I rock with you. I like what you're saying, but I think what you said right here, maybe we might want to, um, you know, you might want to position that a little differently. You know, you seem a little tone deaf and you're trying to police someone's uh, someone's voice. And that becomes like they're like they're not sitting around waiting. People are like on edge like they're like, yo, I'm not I'm not no, you, like they're, who are you, the voice police, the tone police. No, so people are going to use their platform. They're going to use their voice to give voice to other folks, because if not, if you don't say anything, you will continue to have situations where. This young lady gets thrown in a dumpster and people sitting around there laughing like that's okay. Because nobody stood up and said, nah, nah, man, nah, we're not doing that, man. You know what, whatever, she tried to kiss you, whatever, but nah, we're not doing that. We ain't got to do that. Let's just walk away. Let's just leave. We ain't, ain't got to do that. You might not, I, we don't fuck with you like that, lady, you know, whatever, whatever. And keep it moving, but we, somebody's at some point has got to be able to have the courage to say, no, this is not okay. That's not how we move. We're not doing that. But if you just let everything just go, and I'm not saying everything, oh, oh my God, you know, they didn't have Sprite. I don't even drink soda like that, so I don't even know why I said Sprite. You go, and they don't have your particular brand of ice cream or whatever it is you want, and now uh, you're just going to get rid of the whole brand. Maybe the delivery was late. Whatever. Everything is not worth jumping off the handle and canceling, you know, a brand because of something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. Because J. Cole has been out there for a while. Somebody was saying cancel. If you know him, you listen to his music, you, you should know his history. You should know his track record. And when it's, if still something's a little off, you know, you talk to him about it. And it becomes like a learning point. It becomes like a, a teachable moment. That's what people are saying. Hey, let's just use these times as, as a teachable moment. And especially if we're, you know, we're going in, outside even going into the election. It's a critical point for us right now. So racism is a is a is on everyone's mind and it's 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 like it's a hot topic i i get it a, but if you're just going to be talking about it because it's a hot topic and it's the flavor of the month and that's how you're approaching it because i want to be able to put this out here and and to say that i'm doing something on behalf of or i stand with that is just that's just you know that's wrong and as if you if you approach it that way you're going to run in you're going to set one of these landmines off. So if you're tiptoeing through tulips of racial landmines, you, you might set one of these off. You might detonate one of these. And so that won't be a good thing for you. you know, I'm not saying I don't know what his intentions were. I just know the way it unfolded, probably not how he's seen this going. And will it continue? Yeah. Because they're not going to stand up. Chick-fil-A is not, is not, is, has already sent a clear message to their associates. You know where they stand. You know where conservatives stand. You know where they stand as far as their politics. So it shouldn't come as a surprise 
to uh, to anyone, you know, in terms of Christians. And then they take they want you to take, take want us to take this forgiving approach. He said that, so you're extending grace to uh, to him now. He's forgiven, and he's he's showing you his heart. <laughs> he showed you his heart. He showed you his heart when he told you what was on his mind. He thinks it's a blessing from slavery, and it's okay. That's how you should approach it. He thinks it's a blessing. It's not a blessing. This is not cool. You know, you're starting to have a conversation about race. You should maybe just listen. I know it's in your church and in your house. If you want to have a conversation about race, turn the cameras off. Have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with somebody and go for it. And that's that. Let me know what y'all think. You know, and um, I will talk to you all later. Yeah. <laughs>